love you. Well, welcome back, Couch Potatoes. Uh, this is Green Your Face was on the couch, and I, I can no longer do a Mickey Mouse impression. <laughs> it was a great intro, Mickey. It's a great <laughs> intro. Oh, pay us, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we'll be lucky if we don't have to pay them. Um, hey, that's fair. <laughs> don't, don't sue us. I guess I should say don't sue us, Disney. <laughs> Don't sue us, Disney. We we enjoy no most of your films. Most of them. Yeah, there's no money in us. We're friendly. We're yeah, friendly critics. That's right. Uh, well, uh, I'm the face of Leon. And I'm the green trout, but I don't know if I said that. I don't think so, Mickey, but it's all right. <clears throat> Mickey, Mickey may have said it. Mickey may have. Uh, and uh, this is a podcast about movies and TV. And uh, this is part of our Disney playlist. If that wasn't evident, uh, the first <laughs> the first movie that we watched that actually does feature Mickey Mouse, Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was failing. Was he? <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. He was losing popularity like like crazy, and Disney was frantically trying to make him popular again. Oh, I yeah, I did read uh, when I was researching this a little bit that they just at first. They just spent a bunch of money to make the Sorcerer's Apprentice. And, yeah, that's and, what, yeah. Yeah, and then they were like, this isn't going to make enough money. So they spent more yeah. money to to make a full feature length. Yeah, he was just dumping money into Sorcerer's Apprentice because he wanted you know Mickey to be popular again. Right. And then, then after a while, he was like, man, I put you know probably a million or so more, maybe more into this <laughs> Yeah, I think it was like um, I think it was like fifteen hundred, which I think was a lot back then for a short. Yeah, probably Um, comes up to about a couple million today. Um, but yeah. Anyways, Fantasia. It's it's pretty much a one long orchestra uh uh music video, and uh, so I don't really feel like there's a need to worry about spoilers with this uh no, if you want to see there's not really it's it's an interesting experience i'll say that yeah but where where pinocchio was kind of like you know i still personally i think personally i think disney's going downhill you know i thought i thought pinocchio was a step up for their animation right but i like i like snow white better and you know i like pinocchio better than fantasia i like i've never actually seen fantasia before this is oh, the first really? time i watched it and uh it's good it is entertaining and the animation is great Um, yeah i love it i um kind of wish the style had caught on and that there was more like this but i can understand people not being super drawn to this yeah it's Uh, it's fairly forgettable honestly yeah yeah i mean it's just Um, it's just images to classical music yeah, and if if it had been their own music, I think it might have been different. If they had showcased, uh, you know, an, an orchestra and a composer, and like made their own music for animations, I think that would have been great. Yeah, um, yeah. Not to cool. not to knock on classical music because you know there was a time in high school where I was suffering from severe insomnia and I listened to just nothing but classical music for months. Yeah, and I... it didn't help. It didn't help at all. But <laughs> I used to have no ear ear for it 
um myself yeah. i'm sorry it didn't help <laughs> but uh, yeah I, no i had i had to go to like basic like my mind had to basically break for me to find an ear for classical music because you know i was you know unable to sleep more than like two or three hours a night oh man and so i was you know i just felt dead on my feet for most days yeah i've been having and that it, it took that breaking point Ugh. oh no yeah i just kind of switching schedules i didn't even have world crisis to to, to knock on for yeah, i guess it could be just that could be part of it but i i just i just sit there and i know i gotta get up at a quarter to six and um so i just am like okay you got a limited time to sleep you better get sleeping and <laughs> that doesn't and help <laughs> that does not help um i started that taking just, melatonin just... the other day that hasn't mm. really helped yet but i heard it takes a little while for some people well, best of luck finding that, because insomnia yeah. is a bitch. I, w- I was going to say, before we start talking about insomnia, um, I was going to say I didn't really have an ear for musical uh, classical music, that is, until I started working at an opera house. And mm-hmm. uh, so uh, the structure of this is interesting to me, because I, yeah. you know, I helped put on performances like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus the animation <laughs> yeah we we did similar in high school i don't know if we ever did like very much classical or like opera stuff um, but we definitely did like one or two you know choir showcase kind of things right right um where we had to you know i had to do audio for this kind of stuff and like i loved it back then um but it wasn't something like i went out of my way to listen to until until i was basically going insane from insomnia <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but but here you know again it's it's beautiful animation but overall i find fantasia to be a very forgettable movie um yeah i would agree with that there's some pretty good moments um but yeah uh i i think i would have trouble naming off all the segments if if we didn't have right. like a list Eight. of them right in front of us yeah if i if i hadn't written down notes for about all of them yeah uh, but i mean like even even before we started this you know i had to look at all my own my notes and like as i hit the next segment of the movie i was like oh right they right. did that i remember right. that now right. and then like you know i'd hit the next note and be like oh yeah that's right like and i'd forgotten it all and i've i was like three days ago i watched this movie as you said it's it's kind of like one long uh presentation from an orchestra you have a guy who comes out uh who who is that guy i think he works for worked for disney well it's all conducted by leopold stakowski uh, um it's performed by the philadelphia orchestra right and um, uh the narrator is deems taylor deems taylor yeah that's right yeah um i, I had written it down it just it didn't look like a name <laughs> 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 oh man but yeah he comes out um there was a weird bug in my disney plus when he first came out uh he comes out and he introduces the first segment which is uh takata and fugue in d minor right um and he comes out to introduce that and for whatever reason my disney plus bugged out and put the whole thing in german i didn't change (laughs) the i didn't change the language at all like even when it went to german i was like whoa okay maybe the whole thing's in german i didn't know um (laughs) Like I didn't, I didn't realize until it came out for the second part, the second segment where it was just randomly in English, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then I asked you, and you're like, "No, it was it was in English when he introduced it for me." So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know why my Disney Plus bugged out and gave it to me in German, but 
that was interesting and unique, and I I know nothing about uh, Takata and Fugue in D minor because of it. <laughs> uh, that's that's funny. Uh, well, I mean, I could tell you basically what he says in that first part since you didn't get to experience it. Uh, but firstly, uh, the his role, like at least from my experience working at the Opera House, there's not typically somebody that there's occasionally a speaker who will introduce the pieces. Mm-hmm. But they do not talk at length as he does. And maybe that's an old yeah, he, style. Uh, well, I think it was mainly because they were making it a movie. Right. And they knew that they they probably had to explain it more for people in theaters. Like Right, right. You know, maybe not. Even back then, you had to grab the audience's attention and like just right. listen to classical music. They'd be like, well, I should have just gone to a fucking theater for the house for right, this. Right, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I they, They're getting more information here with the animation. Yeah, I could see that. And, you know, I feel like the people even back then who would go to an opera house or um, an orchestra hall uh, know a little bit about the music before they listen to it. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the big criticisms of this of Fantasia too. Like even for me, it's like classical music. I mean, as we've said, we don't really have an ear for it. Right. But when we do listen to it, you you don't need anything else. No. You know, when you, when no. you when you get into classical music, you get into it. It's beautiful. Right. It it, right. it really grabs your your like all of your attention. You know, I'd argue like and, of course the people who study it like to know the history and uh mm-hmm. stuff like that i i just you know, because I, I like history yeah. like to know like what period it's from i i do enjoy yeah. i, I meant i meant solely from they don't need the animation oh sure you don't sure. need you don't need any kind of visual to accompany classical music it it gives it for you you know it right. takes um i do think it's an interesting idea though but i think that's one of the criticisms for it though is it doesn't need it didn't need to happen. It didn't need to happen. It was just happen. kind of like... That's yeah. true. And that's it, probably why it, it didn't happen again until 2000. Yeah, <laughs> yeah until Fantasia 2000. Was that 60 um, years difference? Yeah, yeah, because this did come out in 1940. And just like with a lot of uh, Disney's early movies, it kind of you know faltered at the beginning because of World War II. Right. Uh, it didn't have, you know, it didn't have that European market, so it had to constantly just be re-released <laughs> over right. and over again until it was a hit. <laughs> right. And and nowadays, adjusted for inflation, it's like top twenty, you know, best-selling movies, and I'm, I don't get it. <laughs> Probably just because it just kept on coming out. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, what he, what Deems says in that first part, he talks about. Uh, the different types of music that you would see. He said that there'd be some that uh, are telling a story, uh, some that uh, definitely bring to mind certain images, but not necessarily a particular story, and then some that are completely abstract. And the first one, uh, Fugue, is, I, I, I don't have the Takata list pulled up. Fugue. Yeah, thank you. Uh, is is an abstract one, and um, mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, I'm having trouble remembering what the imagery was in that. I remember yeah, that the... it, it was mostly just lines in in the sky. You know, it was right. kind of like a um, like a sunset, sunrise kind of sky background, right. and it was just a bunch of lines going with the music. And like, it yeah. was nice, but it was nice, you know. It, it, it's, yeah, it's forgettable. If they did that I at our the... opera house, I would have been like, okay, that's cool. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right. he, uh, so I do remember that the composer starts and the only, it's not really animation. There's a bit of uh, lighting going on behind a scrim mm. as he does, as he does it. And then it, uh, oh yeah. That... Then there's this nice transition into the animation, but that's yeah, all that is nice. But but the 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 live action cinematography of the orchestra, mm-hmm. that stuff was beautiful. It's yeah. so kind of like eerie because it's all you know it's black. You know it's mostly uh you know backlit right with like a bunch of reds and blues and it's it's kind of eerie to watch at times. I loved it because eerie atmosphere goes well with classical orchestra music. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <clears throat> Caught on fugue, it's it, it's kind of forgettable. I'd say good animation, like it is fun to watch, but at the same time, it's not something I'm gonna you know go back to just remember. I'm gonna yeah. go if anything, I'm just gonna go back and listen to the music. <laughs> right, it's a good Bach piece, I'll say that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but that leads us to the second segment, which is the Nutcracker Suite by Peter Tchaikovsky. Yeah, a changing of the seasons. You know, told through some very magical animation, and and I do remember it being very mesmerizing. You know, there's a there's a moment at the beginning with uh, fairies who are, you know, uh, touching a spider web and are right. like sending dew down the spider yeah. web, and it's they, just like it's it's a very beautiful animation. Yeah, they very wake great up scene. just to spread the dew around the meadow. To give a little bit of a backstory, I was inebriated, we'll say, when watching <laughs> this movie, and this was the one that like worked pretty well with uh, my inebriation uh-huh. because I-, I was entranced for this animation. Like it was so beautiful. I was just yeah. like, wow, yeah, this is this is great. You know, I can just sit back and like just you know sink into the couch and just lose myself to the animation and the music because that mm-hmm. w- this one was probably one of my favorites. It, it kind of felt like a a drive-in intermission huh yeah okay. at times yeah you know go uh let's all go to the lobby um yeah <laughs> with like the dancing mushrooms and everything uh-huh. yeah i really <laughs> yeah uh, i i've been watching these with with sarah um and uh she's when the mushrooms came on she's like oh i love the little mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> uh they are uh, adorable talking about the nutcracker suite worked in the opera house again uh uh, when deans was talking about it he was like nobody really does the nutcracker anymore and i was like dude we do the nutcracker every single year (laughs) yeah i want i mean it it became popular i guess yeah i guess it had a resurgence i don't know when but uh it it must have been pretty much dead uh by the time this movie yeah. came out because he was like nobody does it he's just like threw it away i was like <laughs> well, he it could have also been a bad joke because there's no audience maybe yeah the... that's true that's true we don't have yeah. an audience reaction for that i guess we could research it to see if there was yeah. indeed a resurgence but yeah because it's just like you know i wasn't really paying attention much when he came on screen that was kind of like the rocky horror picture like boring, boring. yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's like, he's good like it's 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 rude to say that about deans taylor because like he did have some funny moments but like yeah. for the most part when he came on screen i was like all right i'm waiting till the animation's back right oh he also said something about like uh bef- before takata and fugue started um he said that uh these are the artists who are interpreting these music are not musicians and he said i think that's for the better and i'm like 
dude, you're in the middle of the orchestra. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get pelted. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they did study a lot, like the artists uh, who drew everything. You know, it's just like it's just like classic Disney. You know, it's like they they put so much thought into right. what they're doing. Right. Like um, your animation has to be in time, obviously. Yeah, because I, I mean, because the first, uh, I would say the first four segments, like all the animation is beautiful, like almost perfect. Um, but especially here with the Nutcracker Suite too, because I I feel like the Nutcracker Suite is probably my favorite that they did throughout Fantasia. That's that's fair. That's fair. I do like that one. Um, I do like the Sorcerer's Apprentice though too. I mean, it is a pretty yeah, classic is... Disney image of uh, yeah, Mickey that's the with the hat. One. Uh, I don't think the they next... ever call him Yin Sid in in the animation. They do. They do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, or, or at the very, at the very least, I think uh, Deems Taylor, when introducing him, calls him Yen Sid. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> I know he tells Disney it. backwards. They can't fool this <laughs> dyslexic fuck. I noticed that when I was actually. A kid. I actually did not catch that. <laughs> they fooled me. Uh, but yeah, but I thought... that is the next. That's the next segment. Is the the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Based off Geth's uh, 1797 poem, and I'm gonna butcher it because I do not know German. Der Zerberlehrling. Zerberlehrling. <laughs> yeah, and then of course the music came, and then yeah, the music came after in response. Um, and it's it's great. It is a very good piece. Um, and you know this is what I'm talking about. Like this animation here is. It, this is you know this is what sold the movie you right know, exactly it. yeah um you know they had 700 he had 700 members like every single member of this staff read the poem and then submit like what are some actions that could happen that were you know what magical actions can we uh take advantage of with our animation you know it's like every single person that worked at disney had to put in a, an idea huh. for this this tiny little short and like it's great um you know it's purely enjoyable it's a lot of fun to watch disney or uh, mickey fight a bunch of mops um and brooms <laughs> yeah. i mean but why did he animate so many of them i mean come on mickey have show some reservation <laughs> you dumb idiot yeah yeah seriously <laughs> so if, but, if but you like, guys don't know the the story of this short uh mickey is an apprentice and he's asked to fill a cauldron he decides he doesn't want to do it so he animates some brooms to do it but he doesn't know how to stop them so they just flood this guy's uh basement <laughs> yeah and, and the 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 guy is uh i don't really think we connected it either that's yin sid yeah um, the sorcerer yeah the sorcerer yin sid which is disney spelled backwards I, never... I don't know if Disney if Disney looked at himself and like thought of himself as a bald, ugly wizard, but <laughs> he surely didn't have Maybe. that majestic uh, beard, though. No, I mean, no, yeah, he just had but his eyebrows had and that, that head. Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, honestly, I'm not too impressed with the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Like, it's good good 
good animation good it's animation animation <laughs> and like you know it definitely is fun to watch mickey i always love watching mickey mouse you know he's yeah. a thrill but here you know it, he's it's just forgettable again you know it's it's too bad i i do like this one particularly but i do understand why they were like this is not gonna make it by itself no I, no, I mean, because how would it even, like, even if you sell it as a short, like, I don't think people would pay that much money to see this. No, no, but it would be, you know, they would uh, sell it to the theaters to play before their future presentations. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's how it worked. Um, and, yeah, but like, but that'd be a tiny cut and like, I don't right. think it would get that much money. No, no, I wouldn't have. And that's, you know, they're like, okay, we already put too much money into this. So we got to pour more in. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, uh, once the animation ends, that's when, you know, Disney comes out or not Disney, Mickey comes out, you know, live action, uh, behind a curtain kind of scram backlit. So, you know, it's, it's easily faked, but it looks good. Um, he comes out and he has a little live action moment with Stokowski and that's a nice, it's a nice fun moment. You know, it's kind of just like signals what's to come with Disney's (laughs) future. (laughs) Again, it's just, it's just cute, adorable. On to the next piece, and I forget about it in about 30 minutes. <laughs> right. Uh, this next piece, I think, was kind of forgettable, too. The Rite of Spring. What? Um, I, I think the concept was really cool. Uh, like, uh, uh, we're going to let science speak for this this section. Yeah, and they had to delete some creation uh, stuff to please creationists. Did they? Um, yeah, it's The Rite of Spring by Igor Stravinsky um it, it it tells the whole you know structure of earth um yeah yeah for the cosmos and everything volcanic scene and um it's and, pretty cool and they do have some bad history uh you know stuff oh, that we've sure. disproven since like the dust bowl theory i think the dust bowl theory's kind of gone to the wayside that that's what did the dinosaurs in probably exactly, i think yeah, they cause... probably discovered uh the big craters later um, yeah because they're almost absolutely certain that it was like an asteroid or a meteor i should say but but so it's like there are some moments that are no longer taught as the you know the the prominent theory or the reasons right. for certain aspects of history but they did have a transition scene from animals to humans that they had a cut because creationists were like, if you put that in there, we're going to boycott this movie. And, you know, how dare you? Yeah. Uh, one time uh, my sister did buy um, uh, a history book. And she said that um, because she was homeschooling her kids and she read a certain section of it. And she said, this book says that dinosaurs are not real and, I, and, I'm, and she's like i don't think that's true <laughs> and i'm like good for you <laughs> that's very correct you are correct. <laughs> good for you <laughs> oh my goodness they came yeah, from the, somewhere my, yeah my problem with creationist or creationism i should say is it is so easy to incorporate science into creationist theory right by simply saying that when science comes up with something you'd be like yeah that's you know that's correct that's how god created it right you know it's just like when when science comes forth with the big bang theory you know it's like oh the world came you know started because of the big bang and then you know creationists are like no god started it it's like why couldn't have god started it with a big bang yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just just incorporated in there. God is the the hand of the science. Like that's fine. Yeah. He's giving I, you this. I mean, we obviously have a natural law. Nobody is arguing with that. And according yeah. to the natural law, nothing comes from nothing. Like <laughs> there there had to be a beginning to it and yeah. And I understand there that like thousands of years of them wanting to say god just put it here but yeah you know why can't god be the mechanism behind natural law <laughs> exactly they they keep wanting to ignore science and it's like no god is giving you the science yeah use what he is giving you he's giving you all of this like you know it's like especially with uh w- with energy and stuff right now or the climate change and how right. we're ignoring all that kind of f- why are we ignoring this god is warning us yeah i'm not i'm atheist so i don't actually believe god's warning us but yeah from the christian perspective he is sending you blatant signals that we need right. to fix this yeah you're and, always, and we're you're always looking for a sign if it, <laughs> we're getting signs. them all from scientists yeah yeah scientists are right alerting everybody <laughs> and we're ignoring it still I'll cut most of this out. Um, <laughs> but no, the rite of spring is earth creation. You know, you see earthquakes, you see lava pits, you know, you see um, lots of dinosaurs. Life, yeah, life form in the ocean, life grow right. legs, you know, come out of the water, you get the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs I thought were great too, especially yeah, the, the Stegosaurus T Rex fight scene was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like man, that's that T Rex had the squarest head though. Yeah, it did. It had some <laughs> really goofy arms. I guess they all kind of had square heads except for the the pterodactyls, um, which I thought yeah. those were cool. The swoops with with, with the, the music, music was, was, yeah, the, was really cool. the wind was it wind chimes? I don't remember. I um, don't quite or a xylophone. Maybe maybe it might be a xylophone or a marimba. Marimba. But yeah, it, it was. I really enjoyed the Little of Spring. I would say it's one of my probably my second favorite right of the animations i think because i think it suffers from being in the middle yeah uh, that's, you're that's a little, why i don't remember it it's right bef- it's right before the intermission too so you're kind of getting a little drained right um but like all the all the dinosaurs were like animated from a low angle to give them more uh intimidation factor right and they they, they spend the perfect amount of time on like the cosmic clock too you know it's like they don't you know, before before Carl Sagan made the you know the calendar that shows how you know we've been like a you know fraction of a day in the whole calendar. Right. They spend like the proper amount of time, like they spend a heck of a lot of time on the creation of Earth, heck amount of time on dinosaurs, and then as you get closer to like modern day stuff, it just like whips by. And like it it, it was you know it's it's accurate. I don't know how the science was back then, but I thought that was amusing to watch them do this timeline animation. And you know the the music's daunting. It's dramatic. You know it kind of just fit. I really enjoyed it. Well, this next one, there's a lot to talk about in this next segment. The uh, the pastoral symphony. Well, well, there's actually one, but you know, there's the intermission and oh, meet right. the soundtrack. Right, you got to meet the soundtrack. You got to meet the soundtrack, and I actually enjoyed that one too. It's it's literally just lines of audio. Yeah, it's the tiniest segment of the whole thing. You know, it's the band's coming back from intermission and, you know, it's like, here's a violin and soundtrack, who is a new character, a squiggly line that uh, just shows you the audio waves, basically. Don't be shy. And and at one point, Deems gets kind of mean to soundtrack. He's like, drop the other shoe. (laughs) 
Uh, it's it's a fun moment, you know. Him and he has a good time, I think. But then the pastoral symphony by Ludwig von Beethoven. So this section, they go through a bunch of different Greek characters, which you know is fun and stuff. Um, there's there's a big part with Pegasi, which I have a little bit of trouble with because there was just one Pegasus. But that's okay. Um, I like I like their Zeus. Like he's yeah, Zeus he comes in. Good. He's he's causing chaos. Yeah, he's right at the yeah, end. He's there. throwing <laughs> throwing lightning bolts at all the people, and like yeah. it's kind of enjoyable just to watch him wreak havoc and then go to sleep like a little baby, like a little baby. Yeah, I also did like Vulcan too. Uh, I yeah. I'm having I'm having I'm having a blank of what his real Greek name is, um, but it's not Vulcan. Uh, that's that was kind of a place name until i think we've we've found some new documents or something um but anyways uh clueless he uh he he tosses zeus's the lightning bolts as he's making them (laughs) yeah and and then zeus is like "Ah, i'm done and he's like but i still have a couple lightning bolts (laughs) and so he gets the And I Zeus finds like a funny. few in his in his cloud blanket, and he like tosses them out. You know, it's like tiny little shards that yeah. are like left over. And he's yeah. like, "Oh, whoops! Oh, yeah, I don't want to sleep with that." <laughs> and I'll drop uh, that off the edge there. Yeah, and there's up somebody uh, else. All, all, I think the uh, uh, I'm gonna say the instrument wrong, but I think the lightning was all played by uh, the timba. That's not right. The big drums. Yeah, the real, real big drums. <laughs> um and well, neither of us were in band class no, no. and i even worked at a uh at the opera house i don't know um but anyhow a major part of this has to do with centaurs getting hooked up um, with their girlfriends with the, the, the centaurettes which is also like okay <laughs> way to go there like you had a you had a gender yeah they're all centaurs animal. it's it's okay yeah um, <laughs> i don't i the we don't reasoning... call them humans and humanettes yeah we don't call them humans and humanettes uh the reason that that happened was because there really hadn't been any animation or depictions of female centaurs and that's why they decided yeah, to do that and i'm like but obviously yeah, centaurette is not a greek word right like why even bother yeah but also female centaurs there's a lot to go into with the centaurs but before we get to the the really bad stuff yeah um one thing i don't think that many parents would have been happy with is there's a scene where there's like four centaurettes uh underneath a waterfall and they're topless yeah you can you can see their you can see their booby loobies. There's no nipples or anything, but their no. their boobs are there. There's a couple um, nipples later. And, well, then they come out of the water though, and you see like, oh, they got horse bodies. Yeah, they got horse. And bodies. I feel like, I feel like back in the '40s, there were a lot of kids who had some sexual awakenings with this movie. <laughs> they had to and, keep it quiet you know, though, man. Um, there's a there. Honestly, even the fairies in the first section are very <laughs> furries. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're obviously not wearing any clothing, but they are, they're all, they're monochromatic, so they're like, yeah. it's almost like they're made out of light, so that's passable, I'd say. 
Yeah. But these Yeah, but here you definitely see boobs. These creatures are definitely in the buck. Yeah. <laughs> uh. In the buck. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, uh that's racist. Oh. And speaking of racist. Yeah. So so yeah. So Disney Plus, if you guys go and you watch this, there will be a plaque that lasts about twenty seconds. Uh, at the top of the film saying how there uh there are some stereotypes of uh other cultures and races in this movie and instead of taking them out they uh decided to put up this apology as to not hide from it and uh which i think is fair and it also says that it's part of history now yeah it's part of history now and uh they also said um it was wrong then, and it's wrong now. Um, yes. All fair things. I appreciate Disney for doing that. However, when we watched Absolutely the correct. movie, there was only like in this in this in the version they have on Disney Plus, there was only uh, one segment where there's two centaurs that are carrying Dionysus in, who have zebra bottoms, and the top half of them is definitely supposed to depict uh black people but um and and it's such a short thing and i was like man i'm kind of surprised that they they put that up for such a short thing Mm -hmm. um and uh not that they shouldn't because obviously it was it was stereotypical um but but disney is such a big corporation it's like why would they apologize for something so slight exactly so Um, i did some research well i will also say that it is possible that some of this stuff is still in the movie and both of us just missed it um because this is again the the sixth or you know sixth or fifth segment right and like i don't think the animation is that great honestly throughout this segment um so i was kind of zoning out pretty hard throughout this one i i was paying attention pretty hard through through it because i i really was curious as to uh what they were talking about and anyhow uh there is some major cuts uh in in this film uh so there is this character with the centaurettes named sunflower and uh she is uh very much uh, uh an egregious stereotype of uh, a black child while the centaurettes are primping themselves um is also primping them and so when they released it uh on vhs or tape whatever it was in 1969 what during the social rights uh movement civil rights movie excuse me um they just cut those parts out they just straight up took them out and there were even blips in the music like they cut the music out too um when they are bringing it out for dvd they wanted to release the full version and in order to call it the full version without including sunflower who is obviously just just it's not good it's yeah it's really bad and anyhow uh what they did was they panned in on all the frames they just she's if 
if they would pan out, she's still there. Wow. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a couple other segments where she you remember that part where Dionysus gets set on that barrel throne and then he rolls down the hill. Yeah, kind she's of. She's supposed to be behind him, and I don't know if I noticed that. Oh, another part that really kind of makes that kind of just puts the cherry on the racist Sunday is that uh, her bottom half is a donkey. Oh, it's God. It's, it sucks. And um, anyhow, uh, they, they took it out as to not encourage that imagery Mm -hmm. for children. uh, I suppose. And the 19, uh 69 version and then just to make the music make sense like i said they just panned in and made sure she wasn't in any of the shots yeah not entirely sure what they did to keep her out of the part with dionysus i did not notice her yeah Um, i didn't notice it at all uh, i wasn't really paying attention i thought a cherub was behind her but i could be wrong um yeah i didn't re-watch the scene yeah it's terrible yeah yeah we agree uh strong statement put forth by fiction works 19 and us at green and faceless on the couch racism is bad racism is and, bad uh, <laughs> black lives matter yep we'll 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 say that for sure but yeah this is again it's one of the more boring pieces i thought um it's 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 more action heavy but like i wasn't actually paying attention until zeus started conking everybody with lighting bolts <laughs> Uh, <laughs> i was kind of bored yeah i was pretty bored with the centaurs and centaurettes see i love um, greek myth so it, it was i liked I, it i mean i do too but like i wasn't entertained by any of this That's you know I'm more yeah i don't know i feel like we'll talk about it more when we watch hercules yeah exactly like that's, <laughs> that's a more entertaining greek myth uh but that moves on to the second to last segment dance of the hours uh by Poncielli. yeah this is the one i zonked out hard on literally here's my notes uh funny and amusing i zonked out oh well oh right right this is where the animals are all all dancing and stuff uh i I don't remember it yeah i think i actually fell asleep here i think i i I summoned the spirit of my father and just passed out this whole segment (laughs) Okay, well then I guess I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, so it starts off with it. It is the most traditional of of the pieces, as in that it is a ballet, mm-hmm. and uh, it starts off with uh, ostriches uh, dancing around. Then that becomes. I remember the ending. You remember the ending? Because you said ostriches. You said ostriches. I remember the ending now because of the ostriches. Right. Yeah. That's it. So then it becomes hippos <laughs> and then it becomes elephants. And then it goes back to the main hippo and these alligators crocodiles. or crocodiles yeah, alligators. show up. And that's when the music becomes ominous and stuff. Oh. And they're like, and they all have West these cool story. cowls. That, that's the part that I kind of like the most is that they got these capes and these cowls and they're all bundled up and then the cows open up and they dive in. And, and, <laughs> and the last bit of the, uh, the section is that they're the alligators. I don't know if they're just trying to dance or get with these lady mammals or if they're trying to eat them. I'm not entirely sure, 
but that's what the, that's what the end part is yeah uh that's 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 basically um, what goes on i remember yeah i remember waking up right at the end because i remembered the crash because like the building right. falls down kind of thing right yeah um, we got too rowdy. It was a fun story with my dad where he worked third shift. So he, like he just came home from work. He was about to fall asleep. We were about to go to school. Um, but Yogi Bear comes on. He's like, oh, finally, I, I, I could stay awake for Yogi Bear. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a 15, you know, 15 minute episode kind of thing. He's awake the whole time. Like when my dad sleeps, he snores like crazy. Like uh-huh. you, know, you, you can hear him a mile away. But he, he falls asleep while we're watching Yogi Bear because his eyes are open. He doesn't snore at all. But once the 15 minute mark uh, lets up and the next show starts, he goes, "Hey, what the hell happened to Yogi Bear?" <laughs> <laughs> me and my dad were like, or me and my brother were like, they just they finished the episode, Dad. It's on to the next thing. He's like, they didn't play the damn episode. <laughs> like he just he fell asleep with his eyes open. Like. <laughs> completely zonked for 15 minutes and that's what i did with this whole segment is i just zonked all of it out until the that's very funny. end i have building a, crash down i have a story about my dad too uh i i call i said that the alligators come and they swoop in and they try to pick up all the mammals but obviously ostriches are birds uh yeah i had to have oh, an God. argument with my dad <laughs> he he was like Blake, birds are mammals. And I was like, no, dad, they are not. And it, it the, the argument escalated to the point where we had to get the, uh, the dictionary out, uh, oh to, to look up birds. And he's like, they are their own animal kingdom. And I was like, yes <laughs> not kingdom excuse me I, I don't remember what the step yeah. down from kingdom is though class class maybe yeah and uh yeah sorry throwing you under the bus right there uh we we haven't ever let him live that down and now it's uh for the public <laughs> to not let him let it down uh speaking of birds i don't know i mean that's not a, that's not a good segue at all into the last segment um night on bald mountain uh, by Modest Mazorgsky, which bleeds, and Ava Maria yeah, bleeds into Ava, which Maria. bleeds into Ava Maria by Franz Schubert. And I love Ava Maria; it's one of the best. Yeah. Um, but the the imagery at the beginning with uh, Night on Bald Mountain with the demon on the top of the mountain is so good. I love that entire segment. Um, it's very eerie. Yeah. Because it's just you know this mountain curls. You know, it's like it, it unfolds its wings at the crack of the mountain, and it's just like a demon folds out uh, from underneath it, and it's just so good. And he just wrecks havoc, and I, I don't remember what he's doing specifically, but uh, well, there's I just a lot I love, of imagery. I love his where he's imagery. Messing with these other minor demons, um, like crushing them and making them do different things. And dude, I just read this. I just read that. They had our man come in there and do reference shots, poses, and stuff for this demon, Bella Lugosi. Oh yeah, Bella. Yeah, Bella Lugosi. Love it. That's awesome. Uh, famous for um, playing De- it, Dracula. It's great for anybody. Yeah. Who does not know? Famous for existing. Famous for um, existing. It, it's great. Um, I, I really enjoyed this piece. Uh, one of the stronger. You know, it ends on a good note. 
you know, especially with Ava and Maria, it's like nice and gentle. <laughs> it goes from being like an ominous, like chaotic thing. But then the just like Zeus, you know, the, the giant demon curls back up and goes to sleep and Ava Maria comes in and it got peaceful and I started to go to sleep again. <laughs> yeah, for the first part of it, the demons are just kind of going back to rest. And yeah. uh, like you said, it it was kind of just peaceful. And I don't kind of I don't really remember the imagery as much either, except for it got much yeah, it lighter. Yeah, away. Uh, ended the film. Uh, yeah. So Night on Bald Mountain, I was trying to look up because it was depicting some kind of folkloric holiday similar to our Halloween, but it's uh, Ukrainian uh, or Russian. Uh-huh. There, there is some kind of he, he Deems mentions that it, it's it's all referencing folklore from uh, the uh, the musicians the the composer's uh birthplace not the conductor the composer the guy who wrote the the piece uh but anyways i digress that was fantasia we talked that that is fantasia uh it's two hours long if you watch it inebriated you're gonna start falling asleep after a while right it's it's forgettable but i mean it's 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 beautiful at the same time like you know i'm not gonna say don't watch this movie i'm just I don't think you know. I don't think you'll be that entertained by it. Maybe it's fun in the background if you want to listen to some classical music and occasionally look up at some beautiful animation. Right. Except for the centaurs, I, I think that entire segment's ugly, honestly. <laughs> um, just the anime, the 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 characters that they animate, just I don't like it. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know. It's just a it's just a bad a bad piece all around. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it all boils down to Watts Opera Doc by you know the Looney Tunes skit with Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. <laughs> watch that, watch that instead. Yeah, there's you, so you know, many much... Looney Tunes that are that are just done to classical music. Those are so much yeah. more fun. Yeah, it's done it's done right too because it's done for comedy. <laughs> yeah, and you know. And the characters and the things that are happening on screen are it collaborates perfectly with the music. There's so many times in this movie where you know what's going on musically and what's going on visually work perfectly together. Right. Like with as you said with the pterodactyls and the 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 marimba music, that that part's great. It, it's enter, entertaining, but it's forgettable. Yeah. Whereas with what's opera doc, you know him massaging Elmer's head with his hands and his feet. Well, <laughs> you know it's like that's gonna be stuck in my head for you know until i have old age and start forgetting everything Um, (laughs) no that'd be the only thing left i'll be be 94 years old just be like i remember bugs bunny (laughs) (laughs) talking to my kid it's like i don't know who the fuck you are (laughs) um yeah yep Um, next uh next movie in the playlist is dumbo dumbo but i think uh yeah i think we did it on the green traveler not on the face of sleon safe travels do you thirst for adventure Adventure. do you search for laughter and friendship (laughs) ha 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 then don't miss the adventures in malagon Welcome to a new world of fantasy, fun, and action. Coming to you as a monthly serial starting on January 19th of 2021. And brought to you by the imaginative people of FictionWorks 19. 
Starring Greg Callahan as Raphael Anastas Magoo, Sarah Christ as Vashti Whisperwind, and Kenneth Glynn as Pai Shou Wukong. We'll see you in Valagorn. The Adventures in Valagorn! Hey there, Couch Potatoes. This is the Faces Leon here. Tell you about our new addition to the show. Uh, we will be bringing to you two episodes a week, starting on Monday the 4th of January 2021. I'll tell you, thank you. Thank you for letting that year be over. We're going to bring in the new year, nice and strong, two episodes a week. Do our regular thing Thursday. Nothing's changing there. But on Mondays, we are now going to be bringing to you playlists. We're going to start off with watching the Disney movies, the OG Disney movies from chronological order. Uh, we'll, we'll break it up there with some other things. Who knows what we might do. But we're looking at some long series of movies. Anyways. We hope that you, the listener, the potatoes at home, enjoy it. Safe travels. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you liked the show, please leave a review, like, follow, or subscribe wherever you listen. This will help us grow our show. Be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash greenandfaceless. There you'll find many links to our show and to our website. Thank you all very much for listening.